Welcome to the Birmingham Vineyard Podcast. We hope you find it insightful and encouraging. If you want to find out more about us, head to our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Great. Thank you so much. And thank you, Jesus, for your presence with us. Right. So... It is an all-age service, which is very exciting. We have worksheets on the table because who doesn't like a good worksheet? You are going to need it. It has the scripture written out on it. Um, So we'll look at that in a minute. But we asked at the beginning, when do you find it hard or harder to be patient? So what were some of the things that you all shared? Driving, that was seemed to be a popular thing people said about driving. Yep. Yes. I was saying to kind of my older kids with headphones on, calling them. Yes. Really when your kids are we have headphones on. <laughs> yes, I, I know that feeling now. <laughs> I've definitely entered the parent of teenage era. Um, what else? Teaching children in school. Teaching children in school, yes. Yes, it's very, it's very hard to be patient with people sometimes. If there were no people, then it might be easier. <laughs> that would all have its other problems, wouldn't it? Um, I find it hard to be patient when I'm tired and hungry or I don't feel well. Um, when I think that somebody is just, um, some system is not working well that should be, that I, get, I lose my patience quite a bit that way. Um, and you know, I, as I was writing this talk, I have to confess this week that I found out that I'm even less patient than I thought. So, um, it's, you may also come to that realization as we go through it. So maybe it helps us for a moment to think about what the opposite of patience is. So take it away from yourself for a moment. In theory, if a person, any person (laughs) were to have lost their patience, how would we know? What would be some of the things we would see them doing? Shouting, yeah. Swearing, what else? Running a red light, yeah. Yes, maybe, yes. Yes, expressive gestures. Mm -hmm. They may also just not do the thing, you know, like they may be just defiant or maybe really frustrated. They may give up. They may crumble, blame other people, complain. This is just what other people may do. (laughs) Um, Yes, and occasionally what, what we do as well. Well, our passage today in James If you can go to the next um, slide, it might even be another one or two that has the verse on it. Keep on going. If the thing is going, there we go. That's it. Um, Can we read this together? This is the first verse of our passage today. Be patient, therefore, brothers and sisters. That's right. Be patient. We're going to read the rest of it in just a minute. But um, those of you who have been studying literature in school... Um, or just have a bit of a mind for reading, you'll notice there's the word therefore. I've used this translation because it's very obvious um, in this one as opposed to the one on your paper, that this is connected to the passage before. So adults, you're on the spot because the kids and the youth had their own groups last week. What, what was the talk on last week? What came before this passage? Patience. 
Chris was speaking here at Eastsite. Mike was speaking at City Center. Money, yes. And greed, that's right. Money and greed. And James was saying to the people, you know, you, you have been really oppressed and treated um, without justice. You know, we had the people up here who were in the coffee, making the cup of coffee, and some people are not treated well. And there's a lack of justice. And he's saying to them, be patient when you're feeling like you've been treated unjustly, unfairly. And so that's the context we're coming to this passage today. And it shouldn't be too difficult for most of us to relate to, unfortunately. Because most of us have had some experience of being bullied or faced prejudice of some sort, racism or discrimination because of something about us or something that we believe. Um, and we also have other types of frustrations and disappointments in our interactions with other people. And so we can, we can come into this passage today hearing this, be patient, okay? And there's going to be some hope today because it's, it's not easy to be patient. I think we all know that. So we're going to hear the hope that God wants to give us. So if you're ever thinking, <clears throat> I don't know if any young people could relate to this because the thing is, the young people are the ones who are more likely to say it. That's not fair, okay? But you know what? A lot of us think it. We just don't say it anymore, okay? So if we're, we're coming today thinking, that's not fair. That's not right. It shouldn't be like that. Um, that's the attitude that we can come, come with this, to this passage with. When we found it hard to be patient. So... Um, what I'd like you to do is take the scripture passage. I'm going to read it now. And if, as I read, I would like um, those of you who are willing to underline or circle all of the places where we are told to do or not do something in this passage. Okay? So the first one is be patient, right? That we just said. But you look for the other. So kind of like the verbs, or the, the commands or whatever, okay? So let me read now. Um, let me just pray once more. God, I just pray that as we read your word, you'd speak to us. God, you say that your word is alive and active, and I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you help us to understand it and also help us to connect with you through it. Help us to hear from you and connect with your heart and what you want to do in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage, for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. For look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. 
For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end. For the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. Okay, so we are going to answer three questions from this passage or about this Bible passage. And on the back of your sheet, you will get some of the answers as we go along um, to the questions. So the first question is, what are we supposed to do? Why and how? So first is what? What does the passage say we should or shouldn't do? What did you underline? Don't be shy. Be patient, yes. Very easy to say and very hard to do. What else? Take courage. What were you saying? Um, patiently wait, yeah. Don't grumble, yep. Anything else? Yep, consider the farmer. That's right. And then the others, looking at the others, like the prophets and Job. Look at them. And from the last paragraph, what was in that one? Yeah, don't take an oath. That's kind of like, I swear to God, that kind of thing. We, we can't talk about that too much today, but if you have some questions about it, you can ask me later. We just couldn't cover everything because I thought as much as you love hearing my voice that you probably didn't want to be here until 5.30. <laughs> got things to do, got things to do. So you got it. We're going to group those things under two headings, okay? The first is to be patient, all right? And the second is to take courage. Be patient, we could say that includes waiting for the Lord's coming. Don't grumble, don't swear, and take courage. In other translations, it says, don't give up. Stand firm. I thought your word was very on key today, Joe, as because you, you, what you said ties very well into the application with this talk. Stand firm. Stand firm, strengthen your heart. That's about taking courage. Now, I want to just give one important sidebar um, because we're going to talk about being patient when we're suffering. And sometimes that means when people are not treating us well. But I just want to make very clear that being patient does not mean that if you are being bullied or you're being abused, that you should just endure that without doing anything about it, okay? That is not, you can be patient in your attitude and you can take action. So if you're being bullied at school, then you need to tell a parent or teacher who can help you if you're being abused in any way, you need to tell somebody who can help to protect you, okay? And if policies or practices at your workplace are unjust, you know, then you need to consider whether you, you should challenge it and bring it up so they can became, become more just, not just for you, but for everyone, okay? So that is not what we're saying today. I just wanna make sure everybody's clear on this point. <laughs> um, and of course, we can always pray we can always pray that Jesus will do something 
and will break through when we're facing situations of injustice. That is not mean, patience does not mean give up and give in all the time. However, patience is still important because we also know there are things in life that no matter what we do, we have tried our hardest um, and things don't change. There's types of suffering that we have to be patient under, especially health things, family things. We can't control other people. Um, there are lots of things that are really difficult and we, they're hard and we still have to endure them. So these verses are about our attitude and why we as Christians can be patient, why we can have hope and we can have a different response to our situation than those around us. So the what is be patient and take courage. Let's look at the why. Why can we stand firm, be patient, and not give up? Well, verse 8 says, because the Lord's coming is near. In the message translation, it says, the master could arrive at any time. Or the judge is standing at the door, verse 9. So the Bible teaches that Jesus is coming again. I don't know if everybody knows that or not, but let's just talk around our tables. Um, let's pool our knowledge or else our guesses about what we know about Jesus coming again. So let's just take about two minutes and, um, and share what we know what the Bible says, or, or just what we think, what we've heard, what we've heard on the street, okay? We probably don't talk about this topic enough in church because it's, it's really important, actually, that Jesus is coming again. It is the foundation of our hope. We can see it in this passage, but we can see it in a lot of other passages as well if we start looking for it. So if you want to know more, um, one place you could start would be Matthew chapter 24. Write it down. You can read about it when you get home. And also the last few chapters of the Bible, they give a picture of what this whole earth is leading up to in the new heavens and new earth. So we don't know when Jesus is coming back, it, but it could be any time. And when Jesus came the first time, he came as a baby. And he grew up and he died on the cross. Then he rose again and he was the victor over death, right? But his coming was not as a king. A king doesn't get put in a manger. He was the king, but he didn't come as a king. He came in humility, one of us. But when he comes again, he's going to come down from heaven. Everybody is going to know about it. And he is the judge, the king, the victor, and it will be obvious. Um, we talk a lot about the kingdom of God in vineyard churches and how it's now, but it's also not yet. But when Jesus comes back, it will all be now. It will be, every wrong will be made right. Every injustice accounted for, every tear wiped away. And God's good and perfect will, will be done. So in James 5, 8, it says, Jesus is coming soon. The judge is standing right outside the door, verse 9. And, you know, it's a helpful image. 
Um, imagine for a moment that you are in a situation that's really frustrating for you, okay? You may have something in your life right now. Or perhaps where somebody's speaking unkindly to you or treating you unfairly. Now imagine that Jesus is standing right there, just outside the door when that's happening. And remember, Jesus loves you. He sees everything that is going on, and he has a heart full of love for you. He's also really big and really strong, and you're his child, and he is in, the, in control of the final destiny of everything and everyone. So how does it make you feel when you're treated unfairly? To remember that Jesus sees it and that he's for you. Does it make a difference? Does it make it easier to be patient or not? All right, let's just think about it. There's several, there's a lot of different responses we could have, actually. So let's just discuss it around our tables for a few minutes. Um, is there another question there? Not that one. Maybe I didn't put the question on there. Oh, okay. So <laughs> does Jesus being just around the corner make any difference in your ability to be patient? For example, to not complain or treat the other person badly in the situation. So let's discuss that for a minute. What were some of the responses that, that we had? Anybody want to share? Yes, that's, well, I think there probably is a little bit of that in this passage that James is trying to say, because he says there quite bluntly, as we have now, by this time we know James is very blunt in the way that he expresses himself. He says, don't come grumble against each other or you're going to be judged. So, you know, he's, he's reminding us that, so that is one thing, that is one response we can have is to be like, ooh, I think I better watch my response actually to this situation. Am I conducting myself well? What else? There's several other responses we could have. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, that's right. We have to trust a lot because we don't, oh, our situations don't often, don't always change quickly. That was one, um, one response I'd written down here was that, you know, you could actually feel angry when you think about that. Angry at God, I'm talking about. Because you think, well, if if he's with me, and the analogy breaks down because actually Jesus isn't just around the corner. He is with us, absolutely with us, right next to us, in us, with us the whole time. And if he's with us, then, well, why doesn't he just <laughs> step in and do something? Why doesn't he stop the suffering? Why doesn't he come through when I'm praying? I'm even, especially when I'm, when I'm remembered to pray and ask him, <laughs> give me some credit here. I remember to pray and ask him, but he doesn't. Um, sometimes he does, of course, 
Sometimes he does. He steps in and he heals the pain right away. Sometimes he stops the bully. Sometimes he changes the boss's heart by next week. I mean, these things do happen. We do see God answer prayer like that. But sometimes he doesn't. And that is hard to understand. And some of it, we're not going to understand it until, you know, we have reached the end of this, this tunnel of life that we're in. Um, we'll come back to that in a minute. There's one more response we could have that, that I could think of. There might be more. Anybody? Yeah, Louis? Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. So this is, we're talking about waiting for God to do what he said. I mean, the talk is about being patient, right? It is about God's timing and God knowing when it's the right time and God coming through. Actually, we'll go on to this one. Um, and um, and Lorelai, can you come and read that verse for me now? Because we talked back in our first talk about James, um, about these, we read these verses about suffering. And they give us a little clue about why sometimes God doesn't take our difficulties away all at once. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. <clears throat> for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Thanks. Yeah. It's like learning to play an instrument. How many of you have ever tried to play an instrument? Yeah. The thing about playing an instrument, it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you do not practice, there are some things you will never learn how to play well. That is just the reality. Some things are only learned through practice, and apparently patience and endurance are some of those things that are only learned through difficulties, and they make us more like Jesus. And when we're more like Jesus, then we can show his character and bring his comfort to the world. It matters. Doesn't mean it's easy, but it matters. There's something beautiful in it. The other thing about God, Jesus's return, um, there's a, do you want to put the light in the tunnel picture up? We kind of skipped the order. Yeah, light at the end of the tunnel. The fact that Jesus is coming again, and this, this is also related to us being patient in our sufferings, um, because Jesus is coming, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That is kind of the image that he's giving us. He's saying you can be patient because Jesus is coming. Your suffering will have an end. It will not be forever. And where there has been injustice and you have been wronged, God has seen it and he will, he will call it to account. It does not just fall down. Um, he, he sees it and he is just. When we are in a dark tunnel, and I know a lot of us have been there, we have been in times of real suffering 
and difficulty in our lives. And when we're in a dark tunnel, sometimes it feels like it is just going on and on and on. And yet when we see the light at the end, somehow we think we can make it. We can make it. I remember when I was a taking swimming classes when I was a teenager, we had to do this really long, I was becoming a lifeguard, so we had to do this really long underwater swim. And, you know, I, it was, actually it was really hard for me. It was about the absolute maximum of time I could hold my breath. Um, and I remember at the test, you know, I was just like, okay, come on, I can get there, I can get there. And as soon as I could see the other side, like the wall that I had to get to, okay, I can do it. I can make it. Like, because there, there's the end. <laughs> if, I'd, if I'd given up way back here, just, you know, it, I, I would have, that would have been it. I wouldn't have made it. But the fact that I can, I can see the end, okay, I can hold my breath just, uh, just a few seconds longer because the end is coming. So the end is coming. The end is coming. Our suffering is not forever. We may have to be patient, but not forever. I think there's another slide for that with a bench maybe. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Jason. Now I'm back on track on my script. <laughs> Doing very well. Um, we know who wins over evil in the end, and we are on his side. Okay? Um, now, yeah, so as Becky said, though, the, the power of the Holy Spirit living in us does also give us the ability to remember that he's right there and to be honest about our suffering and how hard things are while still learning to be patient and trusting God and his timing, not complaining, um, waiting for him to make things right. Now, we're going to have communion in a minute because I don't know about you, but I have failed in this a lot of times this week. In fact, this was an especially frustrating week <laughs> where I had lots of days of feeling frustrated and um, complaining and having pity parties and all of that stuff. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. So as we come to the last question about how, the how we can grow in patience, we're going to pause and we're going to have communion because actually it's, it's related. Um, I, so I think what I'd like to do now is if one person from every table can go over there and get a plate of communion stuff for your table, make sure you've got an, it, enough for everybody. It's fine. If you don't want to take communion, no problem, just, but just bring enough for everybody who's at your table. That would be great. Um, so in our church... Communion is for anyone who is a follower of Jesus and wants to live for him. And if that doesn't fit you yet, you are very welcome to watch. Nobody will think badly of you or anything. But if you're a Christian or you want to follow Jesus, you even want to say that right now, um, then I actually encourage you to take communion because it is something Jesus told us to do to remember him. It isn't actually about us and how we feel. It's about Jesus and what he's done for us. It's our way of saying yes and thank you to Jesus again. So we're going to take a few minutes now to make sure our hearts are right with Jesus. Because 
how can we grow in patience? And what does this have to do with communion? Well, the first thing, I think, is to realize we need to. That we've got a problem. That we do complain. We do grumble. We do have difficulty trusting. We um, are not... We get angry. Some of us may swear. We have a lot of things that show that we're not who we're meant to be. And what all we need to do with that is bring it to Jesus. We just bring it to Jesus. And um, tell him we're sorry, where we know where we failed. And because Jesus already took the punishment for our sin, we don't need to fear judgment. We don't need to fear that the judge is standing outside the door because we can come into his presence forgiven. So let's take just a few minutes now in quiet and let God remind us of any of our failures, especially maybe any impatience or complaining, and ask, ask him for his forgiveness in our hearts. I'll try not to leave it too long, although it would take me quite a while to go through all of mine. So I'll leave us a few minutes. So it says in 1 Corinthians 11, For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread. So you can take some bread if you would like. And gave thanks to God for it. Just hold it for a minute. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Until he comes again. So even as we remember what Jesus did, we look forward to what he will do when we are in his kingdom, in his fullness, when we no longer just glimpse the light at the end of the tunnel, but we are fully in the light. So we remember Jesus and say thank you to you for suffering and dying for us and for overcoming death forever. Thank you that because of what you did for us, we can be forgiven. And we can have confidence that no matter how dark it may seem today, we have hope and a future with you. As we eat and drink today, we receive your grace again and say yes to you and to your way. So let's eat and drink together in thankfulness and in hope. Okay, so we're just on the last two minutes because we haven't last answered the last question. Well, we sort of have, but let's wrap it up. First question, what are we to do? Be patient and take courage. Why? Because Jesus is coming soon. And how? How can we be patient and take courage? Well, three things very quickly, by depending, by relying on Jesus. We've just taken communion, which reminds us that we depend constantly on the grace of God to help us grow. 
and to forgive us, not if we fail, when we fail. If we looked back at the James passage, we would see the second thing. It tells us, look at the farmers. Look at the prophets in the Old Testament. Look at the story of Job. We've just remembered Jesus. He was the ultimate example of patience and courage in the face of injustice and pain. So taking encouragement from good examples is another way that we can have strength to grow. And there are lots of other stories we could look at. Um, can you go up a few slides? Jason, please. The one with the cyclist on it. There we go. Be encouraged by good examples. I was thinking of a lot of the Paralympians and what they have overcome. You know, they're like, wow, talk about inspiration. But you know what? There's a lot of very non-famous people who are also inspiring. We know a lot of people, personally, who have been through amazing things, amazing suffering, and have grown in patience and in grace. And you know what? Maybe when we're struggling, we should ask some of them to pray for us because they weren't born that way. <laughs> They've learned it. And they're examples for us too. Then the final thing, and this ties in again with um, Joe's word from the beginning. I was thinking about that phrase, take courage. Strengthen your hearts, stand firm. And I was thinking about the promises of God. So the last one is remember God's promises. Um, because when things are really hard and we are up against a wall and up out of options and all that we can really do is endure and put our hope in God, we need to take his promises like we would take vitamins. We remind ourselves of God's promises and it makes it easier for us to trust him. So what we're going to do now, if I can invite uh, Millie and Claire back up, we're going to have a closing song. And I've put um, around the room, there's one there, one back in that corner, and one here. There's some stations that have just some Bible promises on them. I think one of them is the verse that you read today, Nathaniel. Um, so this will just be our way to close. You can worship with the song, but I also encourage you during the song to go and to pick, pick a promise, pick a card that you might want to take with you this week. Maybe there's one there that particularly speaks to your heart. Um, that is, it's meant to help you take courage because God always keeps his promises. So let's, um, let's stand if we're able. So, God, I just thank you for being here with us today. Thank you that you are faithful. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you have spoken truth to us. And I just ask, God, that as we worship you now, that we would um, we'd be able to hear your voice clearly. Anything you specifically want to speak to us or encourage us with today. Um, we're listening. We're listening. I thank you. Amen.
We hope you enjoyed the talk and found it helpful. We'd love to welcome you to one of our gatherings. We meet in multiple locations at multiple times on Sundays, as well as in midweek small groups across the city. More information on all of these can be found at our website, birminghamvineyard.com. Thanks for listening. Have a great day and God bless.